This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. Or at least you better be. Hello friends, welcome to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have a fantastic episode for you today. You may not have heard of her yet, but believe me, you will. This young lady is going to be a gigantic force to be reckoned with in the singer-songwriter, alt-country, Americana, country scene. Um, I guarantee it. That's how strongly I feel about this. Uh, this young lady's name is Miss Kirsten White. She is currently on tour with Mr. John Moreland, and uh, they played uh, just this last weekend at Three Kings Tavern here in Denver. And uh, originally, I'd planned for this episode to be Miss Allison Weiss, who is uh, currently finishing a tour, um, and she played Sunday night in Denver. And then I got I, when I met Kirsten, I was like, "Cool, we'll do a double episode, two kick-ass female singer-songwriters who." Uh, um, deserve the recognition and yada 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 that i can't talk about because i i've had too much caffeine already today but still um and then unfortunately due to timing constraints we couldn't get allison weiss on the show um but that's okay we're gonna get back with her later and then unfortunately man like i don't know if you guys are allison weiss fans and you should be fantastic singer songwriter again i'm gonna say that about a hundred times a day uh let's count how many times i can say fantastic if you uh uh, I'll send you a t-shirt if you tell me the right right amount. Anyway, um, Allison Weiss played Sunday night in Denver. She got a horrific car wreck, van wreck, on the way to Salt Lake City Sunday night, Monday morning. Flipped her van. Everyone in her band is fine, good, great. Her van is totaled. Um, she's going back home to write a new record. I bet you this ties in her record. Thank God she's okay. I couldn't have uh, – man, I – her set was amazing Sunday night. I, I would still probably be mourning in tears and crying if anything had actually happened to them. So uh, praise hallelujah, black baby Jesus, for still being okay. Uh, visit, check out Allison Weiss. Donate some tune, some funds for her. Um, check out her tunes. Donate some funds, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but enough about Allison Weiss. Thank God you're okay, Allison. Praise hallelujah, black Jesus again. Um, Kirsten White, everybody. Now, she's currently on tour with John Moreland, one of the best singer-songwriters in America right now. You may not have heard of him either, um, but you should. Uh, he's been on Sons of Anarchy. His songs at least have been on Sons of Anarchy a couple times. Um, he is a goddamn force to be reckoned with, and he is our generation's best singer-songwriter that you've never heard of. Please go check him out. We're going to have him on the show here in a few months when his newest record comes out. Now, I, I wasn't planning on doing an interview this night. I wasn't even in a good mood. I had just gotten back from the fest. I was kind of under the weather. I had worked a 6.30 to 2.30 a.m. shift. I was dead to the world, tired. The last thing I wanted to do was go to a show and watch even more music. Um, but that all changed the moment Kirsten took the stage. And uh, the moment she opened her mouth, it was just like oh, all was right with the world. Um, she's just this tiny five-foot, five, five-six just voice and force to be reckoned with. And uh, there's just this magnetism about her, you know. Um, the songs are strong and powerful, and, you know, she's got this awkwardness and this wonderful sense of humor, and she just brings you in and, and just blows you away. Uh, my jaw was at least halfway through the ground watching her set. Um, and, and, again, you know, 
it, this is kind of embarrassing for me to say. Watching her set, I was reminded of that scene in High Fidelity where John Cusack, Jack Black, and Mike White are watching Lisa Bonet play Peter fucking Frampton. And all their jaws are on the ground. And then these guys are sitting around talking about how, you know, they want to date a musician. They want to live with a musician. They want these little jokes in the liner notes. They want to uh, maybe a, a, a little cameo in the photo in the background of the uh, of the record. And um, I couldn't help but think of that while hanging out with some of my best friends watching the show and all of us being just in awe, not knowing what to expect, kind of being, you know, that, that kind of snooty, like, oh, we've seen it all, my friends. Oh, how can this be any better? And then, holy shit, Kirsten takes the stage and blows us all away. And um, she's just got everything it takes right now to make it to that next level and if she plays her cards right this is the first glimpse of a long and great career um, and I'm very happy to have sat down and talked with her I wasn't planning on doing any interviews um, but you know I bought her CD um, I, we were bullshitting we were chatting I offered to buy her a shot we did some shots we kept bullshitting and it was like hey you know what instead of waiting until next time you come to town to do an interview we're having a great conversation right now let's just go to the back room Three Kings Tavern and do this now and uh I got a little in my own head as I often do and was a little worried that I didn't have enough prepared and so uh so yeah so we this is a shorter interview than we're used to on the show but hey maybe this is actually the perfect length um but it was a fantastic talk fantastic listen she's a fantastic woman I again blown away fantastic how many more times can I say fantastic I bet I bet at least three more times before we get to the song but uh again thank you to Kirsten for sitting down talking to me super big thanks to John Moreland for uh, bringing her out on tour and introducing me and the rest of the world to her um I think you guys are gonna be pleasantly surprised it doesn't matter if you don't like traditional country um, if you're not really into Americana if you like good songs these are great songs that we're going to play for you today uh, but before we get into the interview I've got to thank my uh, my co-sponsor Death Wish Coffee for supplying me the goods to get me through the day without Death Wish I probably wouldn't have even been able to make it to the show or any of the lot of the shows I make it to I work 40 hours a week I'm dead tired I'm always tired uh, Death Wish Coffee gives me that jolt that boost that kick that I need they've got the highest caffeine content you can get in a dark roasted coffee I drink a pot of this stuff a day and I feel like I can bend space and time to my will. I feel like Fry from that episode of Futurama where he drinks 100 cups of coffee. It's a magical elixir and please te- check out deathwishcoffee.com Tell them Mostly Harmless Podcast sent you. If you can't tell, I'm, I've, I've had about half a pot already today before recording this and that's why I'm talking a mile a minute. Uh, but still, enough about me. Enough, enough rambling. Let's check out a track from Kirsten White's debut record. Now the record is called Don't Write Love Songs um, which I think is a message to us because I'm pretty sure she's got some love songs on here. But all right, whatever. It's all good, buddies. It's all good. Um, but again, the record is Don't Write Love Songs. You can find it from her website, uh, which I don't have in front of me, but you can find it at MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. While you're at MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com, like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, find us on Stitcher, yada, yada, yada. Uh, let's listen to Happy Noon Beers. Happy Noon Beers. Don't Write Love Song. Kirsten White. Let's take a listen. Always on my 
I'm uh, backstage at Three Kings with Kirsten White. How are you tonight? Fantastic. How was, uh, that was a pretty good show. How do you feel about it? It was lovely. Nice. Yeah, everyone was great. This is your first time in Denver? Yeah, since I was a kid. Yep. Kid? Yeah. Yep. How old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I know it's not polite to ask a lady her age, so you can lie to me. I don't mind. It's 29. 29? Yeah. Wow. Do not look 29, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, everyone says so. Oh, yeah, nice. Hmm. So, uh, this is fourth day on the road with John Moreland. Sure. It's been good so far? It's been great. Everyone nice. comes to listen to John Moreland, so they also happen to listen to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, it, do you feel very fortunate being on this tour? Very, yeah. Yeah. John was telling me you guys live next door to each other or something we, we're, Well, we're, we call each other neighbors. Uh, we, we used to live a couple blocks away. I just lived 
I just moved uh, a little bit further, so now I live about two minutes away. Ah, so. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. How often do you guys see each other when you're home? Oh, about every week or so. Every week, yeah. 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 Are you ready? How do you prepare yourself for seeing them every day for however long you're going to be on tour? Man, well, it's like my brother. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be all right? Yeah, we're cool. cool. Um, so what do you, you had a song earlier tonight about uh, quitting your jobs. Do you have a job at home? Yeah, um, I think I may have quit it. I'm not really sure. I'm a graphic designer, and oh, so nice. I do either freelance. I, I kind of work part-time and kind of do freelance stuff on the graphic design, and I, I do my own graphic design, too, and stuff for my uh, my own stuff and my girl band, the Tequila Songbirds. You didn't tell and me you so, were in a girl band? Uh, yeah. What is that? It's called the Tequila Songbirds, and it's kind of a, a country... Uh, song swap group and we just we, we just have a lot of fun but cool anyway yeah i do i do graphic design and so that kind of helps supplement my income and you do this out of what where in oklahoma norman norman yeah i want to say edmonton edmond is a town that's north of us but okay i live in norman yeah. cool yeah. norman uh how much graphic design work is in norman what do you oh, do like I national do well, I do freelance for whoever. My brother has a band called The Damn Quells, and I do stuff for them sometimes. And I do uh, stuff for a couple of different companies. Nice. Just And I do a lot of t-shirts and, and random work. Cool. So, it, you know, it helps. And it, it keeps me it keeps me going with my music. And that I'm, I'm sitting ready. It's nice. Yeah. Bring a laptop on the road, you can do work on the road, yep, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything anybody else might have seen out there? Uh, just my brother's stuff and mine, no, really. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on something for uh, the Handsome Devils right now, which is oh, nice. a band out of Norman. Uh, your CD looks great, so. Thanks, yeah, I did it yeah, all. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so enough about graphic design. Sure. Let's talk about music. Okay. Do you remember the first time? Do you remember your first guitar? Yeah, my brother gave me a yellow uh, American Fender, and I called it uh, Yellow Baby. How old were you? Uh, 21. 21. So this is still a new thing for you. Uh-huh. Uh, what? I, I like talking about origins. And uh, what, what were your earliest music memories like that got you into just listening to music? Uh, there was a guy named Wade Hayes that's from Bethel, where I'm from. And I remember, of course, my brother, he's two years older than me. And he was into music before I was. He got into it when he was like 10 or 11. Yeah. And he was always doing it in his room and stuff and practicing guitar and whatever. And uh, I remember, like, the early country stuff, really, the, the 90s country stuff really influenced him and his guitar playing. And then he got into punk music, and so I just yeah. kind of followed him around. And, you know, he if he liked The Descendants, I liked The Descendants. And if he liked uh, Merle Haggard, I liked Merle Haggard, yeah. you know. And so... It really got pretty well seasoned nice. from him. You know. Nice. Were you the annoying uh, little sister? Yes. Or, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. What, what does he think about what you're doing now? He likes it. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I'm not as annoying. Heels. Yeah. We yeah. don't get to see each other that often because we're doing, we're both doing our own thing. And so now I'm not annoying little sister. Nice. You know, we, we like to talk about our careers now. Yeah. When did you start singing? Probably... Uh, I thought I was tone deaf <laughs> because I would hear country music on the radio and like I, I liked to listen to country uh, the country music radio stations and also like the oldies radio stations and all those women could sing with such great high ranges and stuff and I thought that that meant I was tone deaf because I couldn't hit those things and 
and then I figured out that I had my own voice when I was probably about 24. You wow, know? really? Yeah. So you'd already had a guitar, you were already playing guitar, and you figured out your own voice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who were who your singers? Who were the ones that you were drawn to? Uh, you know, I really like I really like Lucinda Williams now. Yeah. Trying to think about singers early, it probably would have been men, honestly. Yeah. Like I really liked how like Joe Diffie sang and uh George Strait and Vince Gill and uh and all the country guys with big ranges and falsettos and so I kind of like modeled myself after that for a while and then found my own voice and, and then started to get into more female singers later nice. yeah what was it like finding your own voice when you finally did oh man <laughs> now people people tell me now like oh you've got a unique voice and all this and it's just it's really flattering <laughs> I, I still don't feel like I, I have my own <laughs> voice but I'm getting you know <laughs> yeah um, so so what your brother gave you a guitar at 21 what led him to giving you that guitar? Do you play anything else? Uh, what led him to giving me that guitar was that I I had a banjo, and it was kind of a piece of crap banjo, and it was it uh it wasn't uh, wasn't real good, and so I, I started playing that, and I was I was picking on it and whatever, and lo- and looking at videos and like looking at books and stuff, yeah. and I was getting really interested in music, and he'd talked with me and he said you know you need to graduate onto a better instrument and he didn't have a better banjo for me because you know it's not what he played but he was like you know I've got this guitar and and so I just started playing the guitar after that because it was I couldn't afford to get a nice banjo because those are expensive if you haven't looked into it Uh I would love to play the banjo again someday but um you can you can write a song on a guitar you know right (laughs) well you can you can kind of write a song on banjo. You can, you know yeah, I've well written enough. some songs on there, but um, my love, my heart is with the guitar. Now it is, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. What won you over with the guitar? Uh, you know, I I got the I got that relationship with the guitar whenever I started graduating guitars. Like I had I had that guitar my brother gave me, and then. And then he said, "Man, you're getting pretty good. I'm going to give you my other guitar." And so then I got nice. another hand-me-down, and then. And then I decided I wanted to invest in a guitar that I really wanted to pick out. And so I got the Gibson Hummingbird that I have now. And so now it's my favorite guitar, and it's the one that I play. And so, how, how did you pick that guitar out? Man, I was at... Uh, <laughs> my uncle, um, his cousin is Roger Miller, who's an Oklahoma oh, legend. Yeah. I mean, I know Roger Miller. So yeah. we're, we're related to Roger Miller. Sure. And he's one of my influences. And... Uh, I was playing on that the guitar that I had. I had a, a Breedlove guitar, and the, and uh, I liked it all right, but I didn't pick it out. And, and he said, "You want to go look at guitars?" And I said, "Sure." And so we went out and we looked at guitars, and and uh, I saw the Hummingbird guitar, and um, he was he pretended like it was for him, and he was like, "Well, cause cousin Roger." play guitar I want to play guitar again too because he used to when he was a kid and I was like well all right and he said help me pick it out and I said well that one sounds real good but it's kind of girly looking and he was like well why don't you pick it up and play it and I said all right and so I picked it up and I started playing it and I was like man this is really yeah he's really tricky and I was like man this is really cool but I don't know how much you want to spend and he was like this wasn't a trip for me this is for you and he was like if you want that one you can have that one and so I got 
that one. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. So, you, yeah. Uh, so you owe him a little uh, somewhere along the lines? Car medically? For sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah. I take it they're probably pretty proud of what you've accomplished he so far. He is, yeah, because yeah. he loved Roger a lot and uh, was close to him nice. and uh, was pretty torn up uh, by by his passing. Yeah. And so he was he's really proud that me and my brother both are playing. So. Does it feel like it's in your blood to do this or you is know, it a natural since thing? Since then it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember your first show? Yeah. How terrifying was that? Bad. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad stage fright. <laughs> Did you make it happen? It was horrible, oh. yeah. Well, I played I played one original, and I played a cover, I think. And it was at an open... I played, well, I played an open mic, and I played a song that I wrote in a cover, and I drank a bunch of gin, I remember. And <laughs> I'm sure it sounded nothing, awful. Nothing every good comes out of gin, does I it? I didn't know how to plug in a guitar. I didn't know what I was doing. But then I just got addicted and I couldn't yeah. stop doing it. Yeah. yeah, addicted is a good word. Do you feel addicted to this uh, thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Could you couldn't give it up, could you? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, and it, was it that very first moment at the open mic, or did it come later? Mm, that's hard to say. May, you know? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yep. You, you listen to stand-ups talk about it. It's like God, I bombed so hard that first night, but Still felt something good. was in it. Yeah. Something was in it. Um, what were those? What was that first song like? Uh, <laughs> do you, I take it. Do you still play it? No, I don't still play it. It's on, you know, and it's on YouTube. It's called. Ooh. It's called Tethered. I might have listened to it today. It's on. Te- it's on YouTube, and people still post it on on stuff that they advertise for me about. And I'm just like, oh damn, because you, you can't take stuff off YouTube. <laughs> well, is it your YouTube page? No. No. Oh, well. Mm-mm, no. We got to get you something new. Bad a video camera. <laughs> I've got several things on YouTube. It just happens to yeah. be one that that is list- that has been watched a lot because it's the oldest thing, so it yeah. gets posted. And that's all right. I don't think it's awful. Sorry, I'm harassing your uh, tour mate with my microphone. Yeah, I've got it. Sweet. So the road from that first up on mic to now, has it uh, been a hard road? Has it been easy for you? It's kind of a bullshit question, I know, but mm. well, I kind of got distracted and forgot my train of thought, so we'll throw okay. out a bullshit question. Well, it's been hard because I had to keep my job, yeah. you know. Because I want to, I want to live, yeah. and Oklahoma is a pretty cheap place to live, so it's all right, you know. And also, it's a really good place to pick up gigs. And so, really, what got me started was um, I made a I made a personal rule and a pact with myself that I would never do anything. I would never turn down a gig that just because it scared me. I could turn down a gig because it wasn't profitable or because I didn't like the venue or whatever but I would never turn down a gig because it scared me and honestly since that first open mic I've been accepting gigs because I thought they were good for me and a lot of them scared me what scares you? well I mean you know a really great venue will ask me that only 
you know, I'm really into the Oklahoma music scene and into the music scene in general. And a great venue will ask me to do something, and I just, you know, get really nervous and be like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. You know, yeah. like I don't want all those people to look at me and to watch me and say that's Brian White's sister or that's so and so's friend or whatever and oh, this or that and like. I just had to do it and so I just I just kept doing it and people kept liking it which is really nice yeah so what's it like to come off that stage after you're so afraid to get up there and come off of it and be like Fuck yeah I just did that great that's great that's how it feels yeah, yeah. that's a drug it's like, Fuck yeah. yeah that's a good and that's it's the a, addiction man, that's it's where a, it comes in it's a good drug you know yeah. it's the best kind is it though yeah it <laughs> is it totally is it's um, very positive you know if you if you make it that way I, uh, I did a little tour with Tuca Garage, and then I think it was in Tulsa. We were in a fucking Motel 6 off the highway in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. We talked about how addictive this lifestyle is and how much Truly. we've lost to gain as much as we have in where we are. It's not, And we're in a Motel 6 in Oklahoma. Would you trade it, though? No. No, you wouldn't. I'm actually, and I don't want to talk about myself. I'm battling those demons. My job is offering me promotions, and it's like... But I want to keep doing this thing, touring and interviewing people and not managing a grocery store. It's kind of scary. It's scary to hit that crossroads. It's very scary. Yeah. Yeah. So you're lucky that you uh, can do this work on your own. Kind of manage it both on your own. Yeah. I mean, I just, I quit my day job pretty much to come out here. And uh, so... Living with John, what do you learn from John? Because John's slowly but surely get, becoming a um, seasoned road veteran now. He yeah. tours mostly by himself, so it's kind of... Mostly, yeah. yeah. Well, what happened was, you know, I put out this album and it was my first. And I was upset one night because I was like, I, I know this is good and I like it. And I know that a lot of people like it that have heard it. And I want to spread it you know the the thing that you have to do with your talent is spread it you yeah. can't bury it and so and uh, we were talking about that and he was and I and I said I don't, I don't know how to go on to I don't know what to do and so he said well just go with me once you know and then we'll you'll figure out how to do it and so that's what we're doing nice yeah how, how does it feel to get the praise night after night because I take it you're probably getting it every night with John's crowd. Oh man, they've yeah. been great. John's crowd has been fantastic. Cool. Yeah, everyone comes to listen. Nice. Yeah. Was he teach you about uh, like being a musician? Do you learn anything from him? Just yes, him? yeah, totally. Like he he gets up and he doesn't fight the crowd. You know, sometimes with my with my girl band and with the honky tonk crowds and stuff, and sometimes yeah. I go to Texas. Like I'm just fighting. And I get done, and I'm covered in sweat, and I've been fighting the crowd the whole yeah. night. And he just lays back and doesn't fight. And they come to him, and they love it, yeah. you know? And it's nice It's nice to watch that and kind of figure out that a, a way not to fight a crowd. So you have this band, the girl band. Uh, forgive me, what's the name again? The Tequila Songbird. I can't believe I forgot that, because that's such a beautiful name. Thanks. It's awesome. Uh I take it, you know, you have all these people surrounding you, backing you. We then... song swap, actually. Oh, really? It started cool. as a song swap band, and um, it's a bunch of girl musicians in Oklahoma, Samantha Crane's in it. Um, 
Allie Harder and Camille Harp and a bunch of other really talented musicians and it's really just us getting together and cool. and singing our own songs together and, and doing things to nice. back up each other. Yeah. What do, what do you learn from combining yourself with those those people? Do you learn? Oh shit, like? dude, so much. Like encyclopedias worth of stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, like I've learned how to do how to play the drums huh. and you know how to play lead guitar and how to sing you know we all sing harmonies for each other and it's really nice it's, yeah. it's kind of our little Oklahoma project you know yeah. it's kind of like the re- the revival Oklahoma revival tour I yeah guess. man it's a sisterhood nice. is what it is nice uh, so let's talk about this album real quick sure. don't write don't write love songs yes yeah you funded this partially through Kickstarter partially yeah uh huh nice how did uh, you complete the Kickstarter mm-hmm. 100% yep was it like throwing the Kickstarter up and uh, finishing it? It was nice. nice. It it's finished. Like... It finished pretty quickly, and um, you know, there's a, there's always a little, a a little bit of uh, shame, almost, you know, asking people for money. But like, man, people, I've been I had been playing out for so long, and I couldn't afford to make an album, and people were getting almost irritated with me to make one and yeah. I was like okay if you want to pay for it please yeah. help me pay for it because it's so expensive it's like a pre-order nowadays it's a pre-order yeah for sure and so I finally did it and I got about five grand to do that and then you know obviously the album costed more but like that that amount of money and that support from those people like kick-started me to, yeah. to do the whole album and um it's been really well, really well received. Who yeah. produced it? You were telling me Samantha Cream. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Forgive you should me. look her up. She's great. What is? She, what else does she do? Uh, she's a singer-songwriter. Okay, as well. great. Yeah, I'll take a look. And it, her studio, your studio. She's now? on tour with First Aid Kit right now. Oh well, yeah. shit! I'm an idiot. No, you're not. <laughs> not. Not really, but still. Um, and you're. She's, yeah, she's great. Uh, and so you're you're happy you're proud of the record. John's like come Very on towards so, with yeah. me. Um, where are you hoping this takes you? Or just I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna keep touring, and I have and I have another one about half written, and so oh, wow. yeah, I started I've recorded one of the songs at Moreland's house, and so I might record the whole thing at his house. Nice. <laughs> I like those pork track recordings. I mean, look at Nebraska. Oh yeah, Bruce Springsteen, of course. For yeah. sure, yeah, for sure. Um, let's think. What else can we talk about? What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. You pretty, you covered it pretty well. I know, I know. We're only at twenty minutes. We're barely at twenty minutes. I want to get a little bit deeper. Okay. A deeper here. Um, I don't know. This is what happens when I don't uh, prepare anything. Better this pretty well though. Where else are you heading on tour? Where are you excited about going on tour? Um, we're going to Boulder tomorrow, and then we're going to Salt Lake City. Are these I'm places excited. you've been before? No, this is my first tour. Cool. Yeah. I mean, like, ever? Like, you've never been this? Really? This no. Cool. I I used to live in Italy, and that's like was cool. my biggest travel. Great. And I haven't really gone many places in the U.S. What was in Italy? Uh, study abroad. Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you play any music out there? No, I didn't know how. Huh. I didn't play music at that, that was time. Before? Huh. Yeah, that was in the before time. I took a guitar with me, the little yellow fender, but I just kind of I plucked around in my room. But I didn't. play some blind covers. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. 
<laughs> I played on uh, There's a steel train coming through. I would make it if I could. And I could not lie to you because Sunday morning soon will come. And then, uh. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah, I played some Sublime covers in nice. my room. No, yeah. no, I, I mean, that's what you do in college when you have a guitar, is you play fucking Sublime covers. Right. But I bet there were great Sublime covers. Maybe. I don't know, that little ditty you just sang right there was pretty great. Thanks. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Kind of. Anyway. Um. So I interrupted you. Where, where, where are you excited about going? Oh, I'm excited to go to L.A. because um, I have several friends coming to nice. our show. Yeah, a friend that I haven't seen since she got married. You know, who does that? But, yeah. <laughs> but um, I have like three or four girlfriends coming and, you know, you miss girl time when you're on the road with the dudes. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have I to re- keep girl time and talk to myself. Yeah. How how was it uh, chatting with the ladies in the audience? Because I remember you had some rapport, the ladies out there. Yeah, there was some there were some ladies, and it's nice to have good reception from females too. Like after I got done, all these girls were like, "Let's let's have a drink," and like all these girls brought me drinks, and like we all talked, and you know, I just I I love females. I think you know I think there's a lot to be done there, especially in Oklahoma, man. Yeah, there's a lot of repressed females. Are you going to stay in Oklahoma? Yeah, I think my home base will always cool. be Oklahoma. Nice. And uh, what's your brother up to? Are, are, you, are you, like, trying to keep up with... Is it kind of a keep up with Joneses? Like, oh, my brother... Man. Are you still following his heels? No. Behind him? That's, I don't that's, think that's, so. That's what I'm getting at. My brother is totally into the red dirt scene, and, you know, I kind of do some red dirt shows every once in a while with the girl group that I'm in, yeah. the Tequila Songbirds, but... I'm uh, we we do a lot of stuff in still water, uh, and we're we're doing some stuff in Texas this summer. But but I'm I'm not totally into the red dirt scene because I don't feel like they're very accepting of women. You know, everyone always asks me why aren't there any more women in the red dirt scene? It's not because there aren't women that are playing red dirt music, quote unquote, whatever that is. Right. It's just that they aren't accepting. I, uh, forgive my ignorance, I don't even know what red dirt is. I don't either. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> it's... I'm kind of a punk rock kid who dabbles in the, uh, country scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when someone asks me, what kind of music do you play, I really want to say country music, because I love country music, and that's what I feel like I play, but nobody likes it anymore, <laughs> so it's not attractive to say it. But Taylor Swift... Has the number one record in the country. That's she's not country. I know she's not. They took away her guitar. Oh, she doesn't have a guitar anymore. I don't think she plays it anymore. Uh, I, I don't. Anyway. Have you heard the record? Yes. I haven't. But is it good? Is it? It's a good pop record. She writes good pop records. I don't think she wrote any part of that record. Well, fair enough. Don't let them take your guitar away. That's a great ending words right there. Don't let them take your guitar away. Uh, Kirsten, anything else you want to throw out there before I uh, stop pestering you with my microphone? Don't let them take your guitar away. That's it. That's perfect. Can't ask for a better ending. Thanks for uh, hanging out and letting me pester you. Thank you. That was fun.
<laughs> well, all right, buddies. Kirsten, thanks for hanging out and chatting with me. Um, friends, please go out now. Check out Kirsten White on tour now with John Moreland. Um, both are just forces to be reckoned with. Two of the, my new favorite singer-songwriters in the world. Uh, we'll have John Moreland on the show here in a couple of weeks, months, whatever. Uh, early spring when his newest record comes out. Uh, but still, go check out Kirsten White right now. Uh, pick up her record, Don't Write Love Songs. I believe you can find it at her webpage, uh, which we'll throw up a link to over at mostofharmlesspodcast.com, as well as I'll throw up a link to where you can find the tour dates for this uh, John Moreland tour. Um, Man, what a fantastic show. What a fantastic voice to be reckoned with. Uh, how many more times can I say all these same things again and again and again? I'm stuck in the loop, guys. I've had way too much deathwitchcoffee.com, and I'm just rambling here. Uh, but again, thanks to Three Kings Tavern for hosting the show. Uh, thanks to John Moreland for bringing Kirsten out. Thanks to Kirsten for sitting back and chatting with a random weird skis ball at Three Kings Tavern. Uh, and let's see. Who else can we talk about? I'd like to just, uh, again, thank you guys for listening to the show. I know the show isn't coming out quite with the frequency that I would like. I'd like this to be a weekly show, but I work 40 hours a week. Um, things get in the way. I, I'm exhausted all the time. Thank you to Death Wish Copy for getting me through those days. Um, but still, like I, I'm, whenever I do post a new episode, you guys are still there, still listening, still checking it out, and still uh, taking care of business with me. So hopefully one day soon we can get to the point where this is, again, a weekly show. But right now, thank you for tuning in and sticking with me and hanging out and spreading the gospel. Um, I don't really have any much less to uh, ramble on about. Visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Like us on iTunes. Subscribe on Facebook. Maybe uh, pick up one of those uh, pretty awesome t-shirts I made a few months back. Um, Visit deathwitchcopy.com. Get hooked up with all your uh, death wish copy needs. Um, So, all right, buddies. We're going to go ahead and end this episode right now before I ramble anymore. Uh, We're going to listen to probably my... God, I don't know. It's hard to find a favorite song off this record. Um, But this song I almost put on the intro even though it's the last song on the record. Um, because it's just such a powerful song, but I think I think you guys are all going to really enjoy it. And if you've listened this long, like this is a treat for you. This is what you get for you know a reward for listening to my uh, overcaffeinated ramblings. You get this fantastic song from Kirsten White and her newest record, "Don't Write Love Songs." Um, this is the blue bonnet, blue bonnet, blue bonnet. Say this five times fast. Blue Bonnet song off Don't Write Love Songs by Miss Kirsten White. Uh, go check her out on tour. Kirsten White, thank you again. Uh, the Blue Bonnet song. All right, guys, we'll see you in the funny pages. Y'all take care now. Cut here. The rich man fills his pockets with pain. Praying his days remain the same But we don't hold boats If 401k But hooray, hallelujah We ain't all the same Yeah, hooray, hallelujah We ain't all the same You know it could be better Could be worse To hold mess of blessings
mouse lives his life underground. He says you can't make a sin, and if you don't make a sound, dreaming of days is heaven. Way.